0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: And good morning. Welcome back to another edition of The Real Estate Show here on a Three O W C C O. Denny Law here. Chris and Andy also in studio. How you guys been in the last week? You survived the big game, I
2: see. What's wrong with you?
1: Are you Doing talking pretty to me? Darn good. Are you talking to me?
3: <laughs> never. No, to. no. It's nice I, of Andy to join us. Rooney's yeah.
2: over there with his glasses on here. Yeah. getting ready
1: for the spring market. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's an old song I remember when somebody asked me when my You know those glasses you had that would would change with the light? Yes. You know, but mine never got really clear. Mm-hmm. We had a sports guy here years ago. It will be remain nameless. He says, "Oh, Danny Long wearing shades indoors." And I said, when you're cool, the sun shines all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what hey, he that's is happening. Exactly. <laughs> so there. Thank you, Denny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> I always, I always ask you guys. I don't know what made me say that uh, about the week, the previous week in real estate. We obviously had some pretty wild times in the stock market, yeah. To I say the least. That was but uh, what about your the, your experience in the real estate end of it? Well, I'll
3: tell you what. After the Super Bowl, we talk about listings coming on, and that's exactly what's happening. Uh huh. You know, uh, a lot of them came on this week. I know we put mm-hmm. on quite a few of them, and yep, uh, Andy's doing the same thing. And so, uh, hopefully, you know, we got a bunch of open houses uh, this weekend. So hopefully, we get people out and yeah, get them some more inventory so they have more choices
2: to make. Yeah, it was interesting, Denny, too. The you know the the buyers that are out there that you know are, are um, kind of sitting on the sidelines waiting for the inventory to come. What's interesting mm-hmm. is is that right now we I think we had six. Uh, listings that went on last week, six listings sold. None of them hit the MLS until after they were sold. And so there's, um, you know, realtors welcome. Everybody had real estate agents, but what's happening is that networking concept of really diving into knowing the right agents that are involved in the right communities because the sellers, a lot of times, you got to keep in perspective that they don't know where they're necessarily going yet either, or they may have more than just price and consideration when it comes to selling. They might be looking for unique terms. And so- What we're seeing a lot of right now for trending is people heading out into the marketplace and like trying to get a a ninety day close now instead of a, you know, a thirty day close or something like that. So they don't want to hit quite the MLS yet, so that MLS clock is ticking, but they do want to get out there and see what uh, kind of interest they can get with their properties. And what's crazy is they're selling. So it's uh yeah, it's a very fast moving market for sure.
3: Yeah, and that obviously depends on market segments and, and what's good and what's not, but it is. It's important. And so if you are If you are working with an agent and that agent's not networking with other realtors Mm -hmm. that kind of work that area, uh, you should probably ask them to do that because uh, we do. I mean, we know about them. I was at a couple houses this week and both of them probably need 30 days um, to get ready. But they're like, we've got them. We got them listed. And so we know about them and they're coming, you know. Uh, So we obviously we typically get to know about them first. Sure. Um, So if your agent uh, networks with other ones, you can kind of. Try to find stuff that's not even on the market yet, and they can usually get you in. So
1: For new, sure. Networking is a good idea. You should be doing that. Mm-hmm. You guys do that. I know that. Right.
3: I, I had I, crazy. I had a, uh, a listing. It's actually one that I own, and I decided just not to sell it. And uh, this last week, I had three calls on it. Mm-hmm. And it's not on the market. It's not on anything. But it was from, uh, well, probably last September. And they were just, they called and said, I mean, it's crazy. Three Three people mm-hmm. on the same property in mm-hmm. one week. It's kind of weird. Yeah, up to like $500,000. So
1: So I want to give the phone number if you have a real estate type of question, 651-989-9226. Or send a text if you like, 81807. Real estate text to 81807. Yeah. I'll tell you, one
3: one thing I wanted to kind of bring up because this is something that a lot of people go through, and I don't think we really talk about it. I mean, I don't know if we've ever really talked about it, but uh, is that final walkthrough prior to closing. What does Mm -hmm. that mean? Okay, so what happens is obviously you purchase the house and, uh, you know, you do your inspection. And now from the time you inspection through the appraisal, through the title work, through the loan approval, then we come to a closing. Well, you probably haven't seen that house in a month or two months. Yeah. And so you get an opportunity to go back in to be able to kind of make sure it's substantially the same as what it was before. But uh, it's it's always interesting uh, what we run into um, when, when doing it. And there's some different theories about um, when do you do it. You know, at what time. A lot of people like to do it just right before the closing. But as we know, Andy, sometimes there's little problems that pop up. You know, if you haven't seen it for two months, and all of a sudden they took all their photos down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they had the wall of fame, you know, from age three months, six months, nine months, a year, up to 18 years old with the kids. Oh, sure. I mean, the wall looks tattered. Or sometimes they fill them in, and then mm-hmm. they, don't, they don't paint over them. And then they paint over them, and it doesn't match. And so yeah. all these things come, become problems.
2: Well, we just – we uh, had a client this last week that bought a place that we had um, – the beautiful, you know, up north kind of feeling uh, pine down in the basement, and then the pictures were removed, um, you know, prior to the closing, and then all of a sudden we on the walls there was a series of, you know, uh, misfaded kind of squares because on of the, the wall.
1: light of, of tra- effect, right? And there's yeah. not
2: a whole lot you can do about it. I mean, it, it comes back to where you just have to either live with it and let the sunshine get in there and get at the wood that's been covered, or, or you know, you have to you know come up with some alternative, but. Anyway, those kind of things happen. The other thing that I see a lot of, you know, Chris and Denny, is that when a house hasn't been lived in for a while, and even if the, the heat's been on or whatever, the appliances, anything that has a seal um, can become a leaking uh, point, of, a point of leaking because they dry out. They're not being flushed. They're not oh, being run. Mean, yeah. Wash machines are a big one, too, where they haven't been run for six months. And all of a sudden, the first time you move in the house and you forgot to test it on that inspection— and the next day it's leaking, the people that sold it don't feel sorry for you. So you, you do need to, like I always say, you know, when you do a final walkthrough, if you really do care about that appliance and, and that's a standing point for you, you need to run that appliance that day to make sure it runs so that when you come back to the house that night, you know that you're satisfied with what you did. Because if you missed it, nobody's going to feel sorry for you. That's and a I mean, good idea. Mm-hmm.
3: You know, you talked about that fading. Uh, yeah. You talked about the hardwood floors and um, – and you'll see it too you'll see it on the walls you know the pictures come off and they fade it but the other part is in the carpet when the carpet fades um you know you got you got furniture over it and that that's room that was so bright and sunny you know when that moves you're going to have to put that uh, bed right over the top of that so mm-hmm. those are things that are kind of like you guys you got to kind of understand that kind of going in this this might be a problem and or you know I'm always uh in a kitchen, if they have a rug under the table, it's on wood floor, I kind of kick it open. And it's like, I mean, it's going to be there. If you take that off Mm -hmm. where I've had it, you know, I'll tell people, Hey, just get that off now because it kind of fades into each other again. You know, it, at least somewhat, or you have to have them. Well, and so
2: this is where you and I, we were talking about this actually a couple weeks back. We were talking about the inspections and, you know, Danny, one of the things that I like to do is have enough time between when I do that final inspection and closing so that if there is an issue, we actually have time to, you know, reasonably resolve sure. that issue. If you're literally going to the final, final walkthrough, 15 minutes before you walk into the closing table, it, it creates a lot of chaos when you're trying to, if something does go wrong. If it goes right, boy, you're very efficient and it was easy. If something's wrong, though, you put yourself in kind of against the wall where it's, it's, it's hard to negotiate your way out of it because they're already mentally checked out. They're already counting their money and you're going in there as a buyer and they're, they're not going to feel sorry for you. And if they do, they're like, well, oh, we'll give you a couple hundred bucks. Or something. And it doesn't usually get resolved. So, yeah.
3: Well, because it is. I mean, you can mm-hmm. add a final walkthrough. You can come back. And, you know, a lot of people do it the day of closing. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's not a lot of negotiation time, period, right. because we got to close. Because what can happen? Our right. lock can expire. Right. You know, the money's already been wired there. Yep. You know, the moving truck is outside. Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot of leverage when it comes well,
2: to and that. Well, Chris, you know the answer to this. but w- So why, why do I not want to go there two days before closing?
3: Well, I mean, y- you should. But... Some people still have to live there, and they have yep. their furniture still there. Right at so the last second. Yeah, so now nice. you don't see it vacant, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's why people always try to do it at the end because it's vacant.
2: Oh, Denny, there. Usually, when we go to a final walkthrough, they're rolling up the, uh, you know, the inflatable bed off the floor because they've stayed there. You know, I mean, well, think of how expensive hotels are. If you sure, miss sure. a closing by a week, it's a thousand bucks. I mean, it can get up there pretty fast. So.
1: I was going to say before we have to break here for a minute or two, but other horror stories, not mentioning names that you could think about final walkthroughs and closings that's suddenly oh, <laughs> I mean that you could just share a little bit of
2: clear right. your schedule yes
3: yeah it's it's- yeah exactly, we have a couple more segments, uh you know, but it it does it turns out to things that oh my gosh, i didn't really know that, and it then it becomes. When it starts getting to the principal thing, and those people are moving, and oh, geez, it's a, it's a disaster if you if you do it at the end. But that's you got to set expectations.
2: We've had people swap out appliances. We've had people swap out light drapes. fixtures. Light fixtures. I've had people at oh, the
1: last minute. You mean
3: at the
2: literally? Yeah, they pull try out, to put they, it on there. Yeah. They pull out half the garden bulbs. They say that well, we're splitting the gardens, and we never thought it would matter. And then in the spring. <laughs> Half the stuff comes up that was there in the pictures. I mean, there's there's some nightmare stories out there, and and rightfully so, those people are wrong when they're doing that stuff. So you, if you're going to do that, if you get it in, in writing and both parties understand what's happening, then it's not an issue. But if you just decide to do it on your own and you don't think it'll matter, I would always get permission.
3: Well, Andy, I think that comes really comes back to that whole electronic signature thing and people mm-hmm. not knowing what they're signing.
2: Totally, because
3: you'll see on page one. I mean, it talks about what's included, you know, and what's attached, and if. All of a sudden, it's like the mirrors. Mm-hmm. You know, people. No, oh, those mirrors. Those mirrors are mine. Oh no, they're not. They're not. They, they those blinds are mine. Oh no, they're so not. So what happens then
1: if they they didn't see
3: what they saw?
2: Hence the, the why we need a little time to negotiate yeah. because oh, they either have to pull it out of the back of the van that's halfway to you know Atlanta or they they have to figure something else compensation wise. Oh,
1: oh Let's take a break. Invite our listeners to join in on the conversation. If you have a real estate question, you can phone it in 651-989-9226. Or text it in, 81807. Skies are fair, CCO temperature reading four degrees, heading for 14.
2: Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it.
1: Good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our real estate show where your phone calls and text messages related to real estate always welcome, 651 989 9226. Send a text, 81807. Guys, and I, I suppose Andy might be able to deal with this one. Texter says moved to Champlin in 2004. Watched it explode in growth and housing. Any other part of the metro we should be watching for? It's a
3: good one. I think there's you, lots. I of think areas. you just watch where Andy moves to, and then it explodes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I Champlain? think. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think that's a business metaphor, Denny. Uh, yeah. The so the what we're doing is if if we talk about exploding in the sense that we're are we talking about like. You know, houses being built, like for an example in Champlin, you're, you're, he's correct or she's correct that there, there was quite a 2004 um, was a time where there wasn't a lot of new stuff going on. The city's been renovated. There's some exciting new city officials up there. They're bringing business in. They're bringing jobs in. They're bringing restaurants. There's new houses being built. So it's it's very fun to be part of something successful, and that's exactly what that texture is experiencing up there. Other areas I'm seeing that happen in, I'm also seeing areas like up in Blaine where that's happening, where for years they were – there was the TPC, there was the lakes, but there was no place to have dinner. There was no place to – I mean, it was – and so we're starting to see the commercial usually follows the residential or the rooftops, as they call it. So the more rooftops, the more the businesses will come. So as areas grow, generally that comes right behind it and uh, backfills uh, based on the demographics that are there. And Yeah, yeah, come comes. on
3: south too because there's a ton of new construction going it's filling in. It's – uh it's really interesting, the amount of developments that are happening and selling.
2: Well, like Lakeville's nuts. Woodbury's nuts. You know, I mean, you just count the cities. Plymouth is going crazy. You know, all these big cities. Prior Lake.
1: Prior Lake. Prior Lake. 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 Let's go to the phones. Joe in Minneapolis has been uh, waiting there. Joe, good morning. What's your question, please?
0: Uh, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Uh, my question is really twofold. Number one, relevant to the problems you were discussing earlier, why not simply sell your property or list it in the purchase agreement is as is. Doesn't that relieve you of any of these problems? Number two, I wonder if the gentleman would address uh, title insurance. With Torren's Title on property, uh, especially a house that's only maybe 10 years old, why is title insurance necessary? And the real estate people always push title insurance.
2: Joe, those are great questions.
3: Yeah. First of all, it's uh, not typically the realtor people that push title insurance. It's the mortgage companies that require it.
2: Yep. That you
3: have to have title insurance to insure against mistakes is really what it is. And is. Let's just say that, uh, you know, um, you, had, you went over and you listed a house and uh, the one spouse was there and you didn't really kind of check. And all of a sudden they still signed a contract without having the other person on it. And that was missed 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's... There's things that Un- can happen, and that's why they wanted
2: to. You know, another one we had, I had a guy that bought a place, and he bought it from a friend, and there was three unsatisfied mortgages on that property. They fought that for almost five years trying to get those because the mortgage companies disappeared. They were out of business yep. from the, you know, the big boom from before. So what, what you're basically getting, Joe, is with an insurance, um, you know, title insurance policy, you're just ensuring that someone has scrubbed and looked at that title for you and is basically going to say, we'll cover it if there's anything wrong with it up to this point. Now, going from the point that you bought it going forward is your responsibility, but up to that point you bought it, you're covered. The other thing he was talking about was as is. There's pros and cons of that, and I'm sure you have the same thing. As is usually scares people that tells them that there's something that you're hiding or that you're not willing to disclose. So generally, Joe, you'll get a lot less of an offer for your house because they're assuming that there's risk with buying that property being as is.
3: And as is is when you close. Mm-hmm. I think that's another thing that people don't really understand. They say, hey, we're going to sell it as is. Uh that's fine, and, and some people might go for that. But it's as-is, meaning that, hey, once the closing's done, it's done. And I'm, I'm never going to hear back from you. I mean, I'll tell you, I don't know about you, Andy, but what, what would you say as a percentage of the houses that you sold last year that you had to deal with something with that house after the closing?
2: Hmm. Um, I do a lot of listings, you know, yeah, more than right. I do buyer sides, and I would say less than five.
3: Yeah, so, and I, I think you get – I mean, you do a lot of new you know, but I think existing you. Right. You typically something comes up. It's not necessarily that it becomes a lawsuit, but it's like you know that whole final walkthrough thing that we were talking mm-hmm. about. All of a sudden, you go through and you kind of leave it, you know, not the greatest, and it's not clean, and you kind of mm-hmm. leave some garbage for them, and then you leave all the paint buckets that were used to paint 17 years ago, yep. and that they're hard, and it's just, and all of a sudden your your dishwasher leaks, and it's like you know what, that's yeah. it. I'm calling them and then you know they, well, they come after. You.
2: How, do you call people's bluff on this? Because I always get the old, "Oh, we left all the paint cans for you guys, so you have the matching colors." Like you said, Chris, half of them are dried up. The other half of them can't be restored again because they're so old that they. And I'm like, get that junk out of there. Nobody wants it anyway. I mean, they're not going to patch your mauve green wall and or mauve and green wall. You know, they're gonna they're gonna repaint the whole house anyway. So I always say, get the materials out of there. Take the to do list off the buyer's laps. And then they usually will pay you more for that luxury of the turnkey experience. So as is, always scares me a little bit when I have a buyer um, because I just look at the what are we not catching. And so we scrutinize on the inspections twice as hard looking for what we're missing.
1: Tell you what, uh, I was going to grab a text, but let's do this. Let's take our break, usual break. We have another half hour of the show to go. When we come back, we'll grab some more text messages. If that's easier, send us a text. Your real estate texts at 81807. Or call us, there's a line open, 651-989-9226. More of the Real Estate Show here on 830-WCCO, four above now. Good morning, welcome back to this portion of our Real Estate Show here on 830-WCCO. If you have a question related to real estate, Chris and Andy will be glad to field those, either by phone. And we're getting calls now, 651-989-9226. Text number eight one eight zero seven. Yeah, we were going to do some home trends, but we might we might as well nail yeah, out all these questions. We some got a good text few. Uh, messages coming in. Here's a question related to you guys, real estate agents. Do you hire people to come into a listing to declutter and or staging? How do they get paid? Does the seller pay them directly, or does the agent pay that person, or is it part of the commission?
3: It's great, a very, great question.
2: That would have took me ten minutes to text that, Denny.
3: <laughs> There's voice text, Andy. Oh, gotcha. yeah. But anyways, um, yeah. I guess I there all all of the above. But uh, I can answer for myself. We mm-hmm. actually have a stager that works for us. Um, mm-hmm. That's part of all of our listings uh, that we do. We bring in the stager um, and do that. And when you t- said decluttering, uh, that's one of the I think one of the main things that you do now. Um, used to say, oh, you got to paint and you got to, no. I think it's getting it as big as you possibly can and as clean as you possibly can.
2: Well, I think and also showing that room or that area in a uh, a flexible perspective. I mean, we've talked about this before, how the, you know, design trends are kind of going from the, um, we don't want the bigger, they want spaces that are more flexible, efficient, and then they, you know, bringing order to chaos, as they say, and putting things in organizational bins and having, because people every has stuff, but showing people that you have spaces to put that stuff, it, it actually gets people excited. Like, wow, look at they can. This is a great spot for the toys. You know, we oh, can yeah. have these bins underneath the steps. And so we've talked about this before: converting some of the areas in the house that used to just be, you know, dust collectors to actually converting them into storage. You know, um, space that actually is designed to be storage space. And- you, you
3: lead people to the way that you want them to think mm-hmm. about your house, and so if you don't have a ton of storage. You know, in a place, and I, I'm I'm one of those, the mechanical room, where everyone throws everything left over in the mechanical room. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a, that's, it's a scary room for a lot of people, you know, because they don't really understand it. And I'm like, hey, make sure that's all cleaned up, and you don't want nothing by it. Just keep everything away from it, because then there. I mean, the perception is, hey, it's been well taken care of. Mm-hmm. You know, and that we're not going to have any issues, and that's a big ticket item.
2: Well, and so to answer the rest of that text, you know, I mean, who pays for it? You, you can pay for it yourself. Um, some real estate agents will offer that as part of their listing package that they would pay for that. Um, sometimes they split it. You know, it just depends on what kind of a relationship you're setting up with your real estate agent.
3: But it's really yeah. rare that, I mean, staging, a lot of people think staging is a bunch of things. Hey, I'm going to bring in a truck furniture. full of furniture right. and redo it, or am I going to just remodify what yours is, or am I just going to tell you what to do? You know, so there you there's go. different like, levels. Like,
2: I'll give away a consultation, you know, where I'll say that, the, you know, our, our team will come out and walk through and give you the suggestions and the to-do list. They don't do the work unless you pay them to do it. And that's where you can spend hundreds and thousands of dollars, if you will. And
1: and make thousands of dollars more if
3: you yep. do it right.
2: I'm telling you, it's worth it.
1: Let's go back to the phones. Len is calling from West St. Paul. Len, uh, the guys who are listening, what's your question, please?
0: Hey, uh, great show as always, guys. Uh, I had a couple uh, questions or comments on this as-is sale thing in Minnesota um, one area where I know in the past it happened quite often and it was actually uh, recommended was when you were doing like a probate sale. And, uh, you know, like the kids wouldn't hadn't lived in the house for 50 years and had no idea what was going on in there. And, um, you know, the as-is sale would be done because, you know, they didn't want any, you know, later lawsuits arising when somebody discovered asbestos tile or other stuff like that or homemade electrical work, you know. The other question is, they used to have, in the old days, which is the last time I looked at it, a written disclosure statement requirement in Minnesota. And the only, you know, there were some statutory exceptions to that, but um, and one of them was for probate, you know. But otherwise, you know, people would have to make a written disclosure statement, you know, at the time of sale of... uh, you know, certain major items, you know.
3: Yeah, yeah. And, then, and Len, you're right on. I mean, there's no question. And Probably the last time you saw that, that could have been uh, three pages, and now it's, what, 12? It's 12 pages that we've yeah. got to fill out. And, you know, when you're talking about the probate and someone not living there and stuff, there's also another disclosure that's called the seller's alternative disclosure statement, where if the buyer and seller both agree, you can waive that part of mm-hmm. the disclosure. Or you can have a third party do an inspection and kind of go based off of that. Now, if you know of anything else that you know, so you hadn't been there for fifty years, but you know that mom um, had to move out for three days because it flooded in the basement. You got to disclose those kind of things. Yeah, you You can't hide behind that. Yeah, so it's uh, yeah, you can. And this the as is um, now and how it's written um, is really a lot of attorney speak um, on it, and it's. uh, it's it And it states on there, and it's in bold print, that if you're going to do an as-is-sale, that you right. definitely should consult an attorney.
2: Well, you know, and you also see a lot of the, well, we know Dad did the basement, never pulled a permit, and we don't want to, you know, there's all these, quote, secrets. Well, guess what? In today's market, there are no more secrets. The I mean, between the different websites that are out there, the government sites, the whatever, they know your basement's finished. It either is or isn't the code. But here's the sad thing about it. If just by chance that what, the basement's been fine for 20 years, but let's say that one of those wires in the basement starts a fire, you didn't disclose that it. it wasn't a permit pulled, you're you're liable. So at what point do you decide, hey, <clears throat> from a sheer liability it's not perspective, worth it. it's not worth it. It's not Danny, worth it. like I said, I've never had anybody not buy a house when we fully disclosed everything that was wrong with the house. Once you tell them what you've done to remedy that problem, then there's no issues. You, people will buy houses where you say, hey, listen, we didn't pull a permit on the basement. We were trying to save tax dollars and we didn't want to pay for the permit. We did it ourselves, so make sure on your inspection you guys check it out and make sure you're okay totally. with that. Yeah. We're not going to pay any different, yep. but this is what's going on downstairs. And people go, oh, cool, my dad did the same thing or my brother did the same thing. People are okay with it as long as it's on and above board.
3: Mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah, we talk, I talk a lot about that uh, when, when we talk about motivation. So say we're dealing with a seller, and maybe their reason um, for moving is that they're splitting up. They're, they're getting divorced. Well, obviously that's motivation to a potential buyer. So we talk about that because, I mean, if you look at what the buyer does, I mean, about open houses, number one, Mm -hmm. when someone comes into an open house, there's two things that they always ask. I mean, almost exclusively, they always ask. Number one is, why are they selling? And number two is, how long has it been on the market? I mean, I get those questions every single time. And so it's kind of Mm -hmm. like... Oh, I don't know. They're just kind of deciding, They maybe making a different move. And so well, as they're stalking that neighborhood, trying right. to figure out the whole neighborhood and go down to the little park, and they talk to the neighbor, and they say, oh, yeah, Joey and Susie are getting divorced, and right. that's the worst thing ever. And it's like, oh, oh, okay, we can go get it. So you, gotta, you talk about that when you list a house, you know, because it comes up, and it's, kind of, it's an awkward situation for a realtor. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, oh, I don't know. They're just kind of moving on. You know, right. oh, okay. Then they automatically, okay, we've got them.
2: Well, and first of all, Chris, you only disclose what your client tells you. I know that. You know. So if, yep. Yep, if, you, if your client says, I don't want you talking about it, you don't talk about it. But yeah. on the other hand, if they say, yep, I'm okay with you telling people, most people, Denny, coming through an open house nowadays already know the answers to the questions they're giving you. They're testing you as an agent. Uh-huh. They're verifying what they think they know is reality. Why are they moving? I heard through soccer that our kids that play together, we heard this was happening. And so, you know, and, and, and here's the deal. I don't blame them. I do the same thing. I do my own research. I'd go online. I'd look at all the online estimates. I'd look on the tax records. I'd look at everything I could. The fact of the matter is, though, is that you got to remember this. You still have to go into there with open eyes, offer a fair price at fair market, or it's not going to sell, or you're not going to get the property. It doesn't matter what they paid for. It doesn't matter what the mortgage is. It doesn't matter their circumstances. You still have to come to terms with that seller. So all that information might be nice to know, but you can't use it against them. You know what I'm saying? Makes sense. Yeah. yeah.
3: And here's the other thing, too is there's, there's a little thing called social media out there now. And don't think that these people don't look. You can get tax records. You know who they yeah. are, and they pull it up on social media, and they see on there that, oh, you know, Joe's the biggest jerk in the world. You know, yep. and it's like, okay, that's a divorce. You know, so you gotta kind of, you, you gotta think a little more uh, mm-hmm. and deeper because if people use it against you, and that's just like we were talking about the final walkthrough. You know, you better watch what you kind of do. I had one that uh, a buyer against my seller. Tried to play hardball, you know, at the end and said, whatever. The seller said, nope, done. We're not doing it anymore. Refused to sell it to the person. And they're like, oh, just kidding, you know, we're doing it. And the guy said, no, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with them at all. (laughs) Ended up two weeks later, ended up selling it to them, but I mean, totally made them just pay because he didn't have to do it. And it was, so you got to kind of watch
1: what you're doing, you know, kind of. All right, text number is 81807, phone is six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Who normally pays the closing costs? Texter wants to know.
3: Okay, typically what happens is buyer has their own closing costs and seller has their own closing costs. There's uh, a lot lower fees except for the commission. I mean, that's typically mm-hmm. paid by the seller. Um, but then the buyer has closing fees that are on their mortgage, if they have a mortgage. And uh, with that, sometimes they'll ask the seller in which to pay those closing costs. Right. But it's kind of like, all right, hey, we're going to pay you 300000 but we want you to pay $10,000 more closing costs. They're just offering 290000
2: Yeah, but Chris, a lot of people can't get over that. I know, I've had customers I that say, I refuse to pay. If they can't afford to do it, they don't deserve my house. And that, 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 that's your position. I get it, right? So then what you have to do is you have to decide that, hey, certain kinds of financing, like when you get into like FHA, I mean, I think almost more than half, I would even say, I don't know what the exact number is, but ask for closing costs to be paid. That, that buyer's coming in with 3.5% down, I mean, they're trying to get into the house for the first time with little equity and they want to ride that equity train all the way up. But, you know, they may need that help. They're willing to sometimes pay more for the house to get that covered. So, you know, it's, it, I, don't, I don't throw those buyers out the door. I, I look at it and just say, like Chris just said, you have to look at what's your bottom line and what are you really trying to get out of the house for a price? Maybe they have fantastic terms, though, Denny. So they want 10000 in closing costs, but now they're going to wait until your new house is done being built and they'll wait for you. So, I mean, there's a lot of good things. You know, there's more than just price on an offer that, that I negotiate.
3: It's so. funny. Sometimes you do get that, and I'll, I'll have sellers say there's no way. I'm never mm-hmm. paying the buyer's closing costs. And then you kind of, you know, dive it down, you know, to the end. And you know, why not? Because I'll tell you, in in reality, I mean, you can use your cash. Maybe they need to fix up the place, you know, and that they, they can't do it. And so if you pay their closing costs, mm-hmm. maybe they got that extra ten thousand to be able to get those new appliances to be able to make it the house that they wanted it to be. Right. You know, so there's there's so many games with it, but don't yeah, don't discount uh, an offer that wants you to pay their closing costs. All right,
1: Texter says this, a family room, part to gray-blue plush, walls are all wood paneling. Should we paint the paneling and re-carpet with all one kind of carpet, or could we skip one or the other? I bet you guys get those questions. Yeah.
3: Well, I'll tell you what, the paneling now, uh, Mm -hmm. there's a thing called, if we watch HGTV or whatever, do it yourself, there's a thing called shiplap now that's pretty darn popular. So if you paint that paneling, it kind of gives you that same look, yep. it's, a, it's a designer kind of thing now. So I would 100% paint it. And carpet, you can sit and tell everyone, you know, that, hey, they'll, they'll pick their own carpet. They can't look past it. Yeah. If you have one carpet and you run that through the whole thing, you know, it makes the house look bigger as well.
2: Well, and, you know, Denny, one other thing. We, we've, uh, as we're, our housing needs have keep changing, you know, the, uh, to me – a living room and I, I I apologize to everybody that loves them, but that's a museum room. That's the room you go yeah, into twice a year. True. And what's happening is is that new buyers or the younger buyers are looking for flexible spaces. They're they're looking for like they would rather see instead of a living room, they'd rather see a, a room with a Murphy wall bed that can be a guest room and a party room and an overflow, kids toy space. So what I would say is don't limit yourself by making it a formal space. I would say try to make it a universal space and maybe even Put some other things in there when you're staging the house to give some other people creative ideas like in-home offices. I would convert a living room into an in-home office in two seconds before I'd redo it as a living room. I mean, it wouldn't even be a hesitation for me.
3: You can almost like put it in a closet because you could hide it or too. stage so, it. Yeah, yeah, put a closet, open those doors and maybe they're, they're pocket doors and they come out and you got your desk right there. And so it kind of gives it that museum area where there's maybe a couple little sitting rooms <laughs> don't where, touch a room, yeah. yeah. where if you get in trouble, that's where you got to go sit or it becomes an office.
1: Tell you what, let's take our usual break here and invite our listeners to join in on the conversation. If you have a real estate type of question, uh, text it, 81807, or phone it in at 651-989-9226. It's four above. We hope to make it to around 14 degrees later today and uh, maybe near 19 tomorrow. Here on 830 WCCO. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our real estate show here on 830WCC. Want to ask a question about real estate guys? By all means, text it or phone it in. We've got uh, both guys. Uh, l- let me get this, if we may, and then I want to go back to, to the phones. And you get these all the time, too. Uh, we have a walkout rambler, a finished basement, one quarter with unfinished laundry room, a three-sided fireplace in middle of finished part. Carpet in the bar part is red to downstairs. Do we need to run a heat up there? Oh, no, that's a different one. Is that a different one? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah.
3: So it says we have a walkout
1: rambler finished. Just turn order. on your mic. That'll help. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there we go. Um,
3: it's uh, carp- the carpet in the bar is red. I think that's what they're trying to ask us, if they should switch the carpet in the bar. Oh, I uh, see. In that walkout it, basement. I thought it was running into the yeah. other one. Unless you add a disco light, I would change that color of that color of red in there because that could be kind of cool. Actually, great,
2: Chris, lose a listener over it. No, <laughs> you, you've got to be encouraging these, you know, questions. What I would say is this: If it, I tried like, to help if it looks nice and it's cool and you can tie it all together and have a retro, fun, cool look, maybe. Because right now I'm seeing like where in uh, like the '50s, '40s built houses totally. with the the pink toilets and the blue to- that stuff. Now they're fixing them up. They're not getting rid of them. They're leaving them, and then they're putting in new countertops next to them. And it pulls it off, and it looks ah, really cool. About that,
3: I just I just did a flip in uh, St. Louis Park that we did, and uh, had the blue toilet and all the blue tile, and and it had the blue floor. We just took a, did a classic white tile on the floor, yeah. and it looked fantastic.
2: Well, you know what's crazy, Denny? I I still I look at it and I go. You look at some of these floors that have had you know family member after family member living in the house, and the mom and the dad, and that tile floor still looks like perfect. Oh, yeah, and the the quality back then, the way they'd set those floors, the way I mean they're. Why would you waste that beautiful tile work and rip it up anyway? Unless there's a problem with it.
3: Yeah, I agree. We got another text that says, good morning. Good morning to you. Our home was built in 1912. We finished off the top floor into a bedroom. It's very cute, but no direct heat source other than opening the door to the downstairs. Are we going to need to run heat up there in order to call it a bedroom if we were to sell?
2: Chris, you sold them that house, didn't you?
3: <laughs> it was a bedroom then. No. <laughs> no, you got to have a heat source. It's got to be yeah. a year-round living thing, and you can't just have a, a door. So, But it mm-hmm. can be a supplemental heat source. Sure. So if you just put kind of electric heater in there and you just want to leave the door open to be able to make it warm and not use it, you certainly can. Yeah. But it's a bedroom. Yep. So, And if it's – did it say where it was? And say what town it was. No. Okay. And you might want to check with your uh, municipality too Mm -hmm. and what they consider a bedroom. It's really interesting because different municipalities do that. And then on the MLS, we got to go by what that municipality says. For instance, some um, places say that you have to have a closet for it to be considered a bedroom. Mm-hmm. Other cities say
1: you don't and you have to Ooh, have that. Right. So, it's,
3: and
2: some say square footage, some say ceiling height. There's rules in every city.
1: Let's go back to the phones. Doug has been waiting there in Lakeview with a question. Doug, uh, you're on CCO. Good morning.
2: Yeah. Good morning. I like listening to your show in the morning. Thank you. Um,
0: I tell you, I got a question about the closing costs. Um, is it beneficial for the seller? To pay the cost, as far as tax benefits go, uh, is, does it get any kind of write-off for cl- writing off the closing costs versus the ten? Per- like you guys talked earlier about the ten percent reduction off the yeah. mortgage, instead lowering the cost of the mortgage. Yeah. Instead, I don't know which would be more beneficial for the seller.
3: Yeah, I think with you know with the tax laws now, if you yeah. if you own a home and live in it for two years, you get quite a healthy. Uh, Little deduction you can make up to five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Uh yeah, on that. So it doesn't really matter. Um, well you know, it's
2: it's same name. It's the same thing. Same name, different yeah. benefits. Like when you're paying somebody else's, that that's not looked at as actually being like an expense towards you having financing on your own home on your home, excuse me. So I'm not supposed to give tax advice. I'm walking a fine line here. But um, talk to your accountant about that. But I would I would guess that the answer would be that you don't get the benefit.
3: All right, okay. I've, I've well, got. That uh answers
0: my question. Thank yeah. you. Really. Thanks, thanks for Doug. listening
3: too. I was going to say, yeah. Denny, I've got. Yeah. Uh, I've, I, I'm fielding texts on my own phone over here, uh-huh. and I've got two of them about the museum comment by Mr. Prasky. It's it's going over really well. well it is. It's, it's it, true. Was, it was really good yeah. as far as the living room. Yeah, my, but it's kind of your museum because you it know, is. It's the furniture I, you don't touch. We,
2: we when we the only time we went into the museum room, Denny, when we were kids was when we were in trouble or it was Christmas. And we, we had one in our house. Beautiful. Everything was staged perfect. The furniture was beautiful. Yeah. Now I just thought, gosh, these are really comfortable chairs, but we never sit on them. You know, but That's you where our to keep cat hung nice. out. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we have a texter says a 950 square foot single story ranch style home we're looking to sell. It has masonite siding. Are we better off residing with vinyl siding or selling as is? Mm. That's from Mick. And
3: Mick, if it's in good shape, um, I would uh, I would paint it and keep it rather than um, do that vinyl.
2: It's interesting. We just actually this morning read an article about that and vinyl siding has an eighty three percent return on investment. So if you install it, you're gonna get eighty three percent back. But what I'd say to you is this your house will sell fifty times faster because of people thinking I don't have to deal with it. So it, it makes yeah, your house more attractive and it
3: depends what's inside too. You know what I mean? I mean well, if everything if it's yeah. really super nice inside, they justify okay, well it's it's nice. it looks good, it's painted. You know, if you go in, okay, well, I would tell right. you. Okay,
2: so the qualified, okay, yeah, depends on the price point. Yeah, and I, but first. if
3: it's if it's beat up and it's yeah. like flaking and stuff, well, mm-hmm. that's a whole different story.
2: But I th- there's nothing wrong with masonite siding. I, you know, why I like it, Denny, hmm. especially for first-time home buyers. Usually, you only get the boards that are getting the splash off the bottom or on the outside right. of a house. Right. That board you can replace the whole board for you six bucks and you paint yeah. it, and you can do it yourself. It's so easy to maintain that's that product. A good so point. I love masonite myself.
1: All right, there's a text that says, are open floor plans still, quote, unquote, in? And what about wall ovens?
0: Mm.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting you say that because I've, I've had a lot of people looking now to kind of close it off a little mm. rather than having it wide open. So yep. it's huh. it's really interesting. Again, it's market segments as well.
2: Well, you know, and that's the thing, too. Like, wall ovens are, are very popular, but we're seeing a lot of people asking about recycling centers, large pantries. Recharging stations, Denny, is probably the hottest trend oh, we yeah. see right now. Place for the cell that. phones and tablets. Sure. So, you know, those are all things that I, I look for when I'm remodeling.
3: You told me that, too, where you can replace those outlets and, and actually get a whatever those. You USB plug? Yeah, that one. Yeah. That one, yes.
2: And then you said, oh, you can buy the plug-in ones like I did. Yeah, I just put it. Yeah,
3: <laughs> exactly. And now
1: I'm sure with some of the smart homes, you can get uh, those totally wireless charging. Which is yeah. a whole different concept. My, my kids understand. have
2: their bedrooms automated. It's really funny. They walk in and say, uh, "Hey Siri, turn on my lights." Siri, put on party mode, and they turn on their your music and their lights turn on and they flash and do my and,
1: do my laundry. <laughs> do they do have that? Not yet. Not yet. Um, Should we get a couple more of these? Somebody try. wants to know how mortgage rates are doing this week.
2: Horrible. Oh. They went up.
3: They got hit again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. but you know that's going to happen. You know, but we're yeah. still under five percent and.
2: It depends People on what buying. happens. I think again next week. Now, like remember, Travis Woodford always says that that they work inversely. So usually, um, you know, well, anyway, yeah. 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 It
3: says I'm paying 2.7 percent interest on my house. The loan can be assumed. Would it be easier to sell? One thousand percent. It would be. <laughs> that'd be a very good thing uh, to be able to do. I think you, what you do is you got to look out for if uh, do they have to qualify to assume it. Um, mm-hmm. or is it
1: assumable and you're kind of on the hook as well. So just make sure of that. There are unfortunately text messages that are strictly tax related questions that I know you guys can't
3: answer. We should
2: bring Chris Mahold back on. Yeah. He he's fantastic. You know, I mean and we talk about a lot of text questions. That when he was on there too, we had the same uh yeah. but situation. Yeah, that's, you guys you know, yeah, and
3: if people don't get their questions yeah. answered here, they should just uh find me or andy um at com or com. We answer questions every single week. People uh send them in, just contact us and we'll get it to the right person and get it okay, back to Okay, that's too. a good
1: idea. Yep. So those folks that did send in a text that are really tax related, uh capital gains this sort of thing. Uh, yeah. Get in touch with you guys and you'll sure. you'll funnel it in the right way.
3: You know, I do uh I, I, I don't know how we got Danny here, but there's one here that says I've owned a rental house for six years. If I move in it and claim it as my homestead, do I have to pay capital gains when I decide to sell it? There's the tax thing. Are we done?
1: Uh, we're done in about a minute.
3: Okay. Well, I'm just going to say on that that um, there's ways in which to be able to do that, to be able to have that rental property. If you make it your primary residence, you're going to you're, – you're, there's some tax advantages to that. Again, maybe they should uh, just send us the stuff. But that is that's a really good question because a lot of people do that.
1: All right, uh, we have a little, just a little bit less than one minute. You already mentioned uh, your, your, how to get in touch with you guys, but yeah. be a little more specific with the sites.
2: You know, I actually would, I, I want to throw it out there. If anybody that's out yeah. there that's a real estate agent or ever wanted to be in the real estate business yeah. right now, I know Chris and myself are both looking for agents that are hardworking and, and want to learn, and, and we have plenty of opportunities right now. So Andy at Prasky, which is P-R-A-S-K-Y, you can send me an email directly there, and I'd love to talk to you about some wonderful opportunities that are out there right now. I mean, more than we can handle. So it's a good good problem to have, Danny.
3: Another thing is uh, I'm doing, I'm bringing back the seminars uh, into that. We're going to have one in in Prior Lake and uh, Edina coming up, and I'll have more details next week.
1: Can I come? All right. Outstanding. And You you guys, will be back next week here in the show, I hope. Very good.
2: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio.